Okay, welcome to the 53rd edition, the 53rd uh, show, if you will, of the Teal Shirt Report. This is the 53rd edition of the Teal Shirt Report episode show, if you will. And we got to start things out on the Teal Shirt Report uh, here in North Florida with uh, Yannick Ngakwe. He was back in the news again. Hey, there's going to be a trade. I had even gotten calls from a couple of sources that said, hey, he may be moving. He may be going to the Jets, the Eagles, and the Raiders uh, came into play. I had a friend of mine on Facebook that said, no, I think he may be going to the Cowboys. So there was a lot of rumors going around. On Twitter, uh, you know, I had the chance to uh, run up on uh, the fabulous Michael Lombardi. Uh, Michael Lombardi is putting out some information. According to NFL sources, Jacksonville is extremely close to trading Yannick Ngakwe today or tomorrow. Now, he's saying this back on August the 19th. According to Michael Lombardi, this is what he's saying on Twitter. According to NFL sources, Jacksonville is extremely close to trading Yannick Ngakwe today or tomorrow. They have a firm offer in place um, hearing a two, you know, as in a second-round pick. Uh, looks like this holdout will be over soon, and Jacksonville will get uh, two more picks for their tanking. So Lombardi said it, the magical T-word, tanking. Well, there's nobody tanking in Jacksonville. I, I wrote back to Lombardi on Twitter, tanking, the national media is funny. I repeat, I said to Lombardi, tanking with a question mark, the national media is funny. A trade with good value is just that. Yannick is a good player, but not sure he is a complete defensive end. Uh, though, um, you know, he's he, we're not sure he's a complete defensive end to play the run, you know, on all three downs, in other words. Um, he, he might not be the complete defensive end like the ones getting the crazy money now is what I was saying. Don't think he gets as much as he thinks he will, but anything, hey, is possible, I suppose. So I heard from my cot some contacts I have, hey, he's going to the Jets. He might go to the Eagles. We kept hearing the Jets, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Raiders. The Raiders seem to come into the fray for a couple of days there. Some of the talk in the heads. But Michael Lombardi, I mean, this is a guy that, uh, I mean, this is just, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is just irresponsible. Um, maybe he's mad at the Jaguars or general manager Dave Condwell. But Michael Lombardi is an American football executive and media analyst until 2016. He was an assistant to the coaching staff of the New England Patriots and as a former analyst, a former analyst for the NFL Network and a sports writer at NFL.com. So Michael Lombardi is on Twitter. You know, he's, you know, he's worked at different places, the Patriots. Um, let's see. Let me, let me make sure I've got this right here. When we talk about Michael Lombardi, you know, he's uh, worked for the New England Patriots and is a former analyst for the NFL Network and sports writer at NFL.com. So Michael Lombardi tweets out, 
According to NFL sources, the Jackson Jacksonville is extremely close to trading Yannick Ngakwe today or tomorrow. Now, he said that back on August the 19th. You know, it's going to happen the 19th or the 20th. I mean, after all, the man said today or tomorrow, right? And even a couple of contacts, maybe they they got their information from Lombardi, Michael Lombardi. Um, you know, Unique is still a Jaguar. As I look at the calendar, Sunday, August 23rd today, Unique is still a Jaguar. There's still rumors as of one day ago, two days ago, NFL.com says uh, the Camp Buzz Raiders keeping an eye on Yannick Ngakwe in the situation. CBS says Yannick Ngakwe trade rumors. You know, he could be going somewhere. The Seahawks may be in the mix. However, he hadn't gone anywhere. So if there's a team out there, what would have to happen is he would have to sign the uh, franchise tag with the Jaguars, like a sign and trade type thing. You know, and I told people, I said, yeah, sure, trade him if you get a first-round pick and a third-round pick. Or if you get a second-round pick and a starting defensive lineman, whether it be a defensive end or a defensive tackle, a guy that can start for you right now. The Jags got problems on the defensive front right now. I mean, since Rodney Gunter's had the, you know, the heart issues and he's had to retire from the NFL. Uh, Mr. Woods, what's his name? Al Woods. He opted out. A guy the Jaguars had signed as a free agent, just like Rodney Gunter in the offseason. Those two guys, they're not going to play. They've never played a down of football for the Jaguars. Gunter, I mean, God bless him. You know, he's got some medical issues with the heart problem. But Gunter's never played a down with the Jaguars. He was signed in the offseason as a free agent. Al Woods, an older veteran player who let's see Al Woods played. I think his last team was the Seahawks. Played well at times with the Seahawks. And Al Woods is a guy that probably would have legitimately helped the Jaguars some with their depth on the defensive line. Same thing with Gunter. I mean, Gunter could play three different positions. He could play uh, nose tackle, defensive tackle, the big end. Gunter's not going to play. And, you know, he's got a situation where Gunter is going to retire from the NFL after playing about five years with the Arizona Cardinals. Good, pretty good player. And Rodney Gunter, though Rodney Gunter does not have the resume or the ability near Calais Campbell, he was going to basically replace Calais Campbell. Still a young guy, still thought to be ascending. But uh, the Jags have been on the short end of the stick with uh, Gunter, Sadly, you know, having to retire, you can't blame it on him. I mean, Gunter wasn't opting out. You know, it was after the opt-out date. So Gunter's having to retire from the NFL due to a medical issue, due to a heart issue, as, as they're saying, as the medical people are saying. Al Woods at 33 years of age, I think he's 33, almost 34. Him opting out, that I mean, that may be that may be the end of his career. So you got two guys that probably aren't going to play in the NFL anymore. As far as Unique Ngakwe goes, he's playing on the franchise tag for the Jaguars if he wants a $17 million, especially if Codwell doesn't get what he wants in a trade. But the thing that ultimately sticks in my craw 
is what Michael Lombardi said. According to NFL sources, Jacksonville is extremely close to trading Unique and Gakwe today or tomorrow. He said that about, about four days ago, back on August 19th. Today and tomorrow has come and went. Unique and Gakwe is still a Jaguar, to my account, as of August 23rd. So take what Lombardi says with a grain of salt. The thing that really was the icing on the cake with Lombardi is when he said Jacksonville will get more picks for their tanking. Michael Lombardi, the Jaguars, to my knowledge, are not, not tanking. They're taking good offers. They've had to manage the salary cap by, you know, trading Calais Campbell and A.J. Boye, but they got draft picks for both of those guys. They had a very good draft. They didn't even trade any draft, draft picks up. They kept all 12 players that they drafted and plus have signed some undrafted free agents as well. Um, yes, if I were the Jaguars, I would trade Ngakwe if I could get the right offer. Otherwise, he's playing. They're playing hardball with Ngakwe. I mean, he played games with uh, Shotgun's son, Tony Khan. They had, I mean, they, on Twitter, they had a, they kept bouncing back and forth on Twitter. And the Jags just weren't getting the super offers. You know, he it's like Ngakwe wants to be traded. You know, heck with what the Jaguars get. Just trade me, right? That's and get unique. That's not how it works. That's not how it works, uh, man. It's really not. The Jaguars, if they get a first and a third round pick for unique, they'll probably trade him. If they get a second-round pick and a defensive lineman that can start for the team, they'll probably do the deal. That's the deal I would do. Those are the two situations where I would trade him. But here's the thing. This guy is franchise-tagged. He's guaranteed to make $17 million if he just says, hey, I'm going to play on the franchise tag. That is over a million dollars a game in the 16-game season in 2020. Does he play? Does he sit out? Does he get traded? That's probably one of the three options right now. I think he's probably going to sign and play at the last minute. I mean, you're talking about a guy, Unique Ngakwe, who's just fired his agent a few days ago. So he's going to get new representation. And he probably needs a little, uh, he needs to hire a PR coach, public relations coach, and try to mend fences with the fans if it's not too late. Mend fences with Jaguars management. I know that Ngakwe has talked uh, with general manager Dave Codwell because Codwell said it uh, during one of the uh, press conferences. How long was that conversation? Was it 20 seconds or was it five minutes? Probably closer to 20 seconds would be my guess. So, we, we don't know what was, uh, you know, entailed in that conversation. But, you know, Ngakwe, he's not getting traded so far. August 23rd, Michael Lombardi, I've got to put him up there with uh, uh, Dan Shaughnessy now. You know, Dan Shaughnessy, who writes for the, the Boston Globe, got to give them both raspberries. Dan Shaughnessy, my goodness. Dan Shaughnessy, an American sports writer. He's covered the Boston Red Sox for the Boston Globe since 1981. But he's also the guy that said the Patriots were going to blow out the Jaguars in the AFC championship game back in January of 2018. 
the AFC Championship game from the 2017 season. Dan Shaughnessy, Dan Shaughnessy, I'm calling him out. I mean, he he actually you know had the gall to say that LeBron James and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar were better overall players than Michael Jordan. So we're going to send some sour apples to Dan Shaughnessy and also to Michael Lombardi today. How, how do you like those apples, Dan Shaughnessy and Mike Lombardi? So those are the two guys that seem at this point to bother me, you know, the most. When Michael Lombardi is sitting there saying Jacksonville will get more picks uh, for their tanking, and I wrote him back, I you know, I wrote down, hey, one of the best football towns in the nation here in Jacksonville, the Jags will get good value or better for Unique. Whoever wants Unique, it's going to cost them uh, here in North Florida. Today or tomorrow? Man, that was two days ago, uh, Mr. Lombardi. And I use that term Mr. Uh, uh, kind of loosely. But um, so I've, I've actually answered him on uh, Twitter. But, you know, he's a, he's a big fish, I suppose. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. Thank you very much for listening. I do appreciate it. We're on in, you know, we're listening to in as many as 15 states worldwide and internationally and, you know, England, the UK, which is basically the same place, right? UK, Newport, Wales, the Milton Garden Club. Also, a lot of listeners in uh, Florida, Georgia, our good friends in Alabama. And we're going to have to talk about the long snapper situation because I made a little mistake in the last uh, podcast so I'll have to kind of call myself out we'll talk about the long snapper who I called the left safety oh my goodness so I've, I've got to call myself out on that one and that's what we do we'll call you out on the teal shirt report brought to you by anchor.fm saucer Realty, where they've got plenty of north florida listings residential business commercial see larry saucer at saucer Realty a sponsor of the BigJReport.com. You can follow us at BigJReport.com. Do want to thank our sponsors, Anchor.fm and Saucerility. Hey, we've got uh, part 7B, I'm going to call it, of the Jaguars roster. We're going to talk about elite indoor football as well. So keep it right here. Uh, you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report, recording our 53rd episode in show on this Sunday, August 23rd. Thank you for listening. You are tuned in to the Teal Shirt Report. Listen to in as many as 15 states, worldwide and internationally as well. We're brought to you by Anchor.fm, Saucer Realty, and you can follow us at BigJReport.com. Let's go back into the defense for just a moment. You know, Todd Wash is still walking around as the Jaguars defensive coordinator. I mean, he really is. I thought he'd be fired after those three straight games and giving up over 200 yards rushing to all divisional opponents last year. But, hey, Todd Wash, the defensive coordinator for the Jaguars, is going to have to make some changes. But right now, with Gunter having to retire due to the, med- due to the medical issue, and um, Al Woods opting out. Now, these are, you know, signings that the general manager, Dave Codwell, made. But essentially, they're right back at uh, peg or square one, right? Okay. Here's what I'm looking at right now uh, for the Jaguars starting front. And this is if Yannick Ngakwe does not come back. 
or if he sits out, if you will, because he, you know, he's still on the franchise tag. All he's got to do is sign it and play. Okay, so Josh Allen would play defensive end. Caleb on Chase on the rookie out of LSU would play defensive end. Josh Allen, by the way, is just a second-year player. Aubrey Jones, an NFL veteran. He's been with the Jaguars for many years now. You know, he goes back to the – heck, he goes back to the uh, the Gus Bradley days. Defensive tackle Taven Bryan getting ready to move into his third year. And Taven has been just – Taven Bryan, defensive tackle for the Jaguars. I mean, he has just been annihilated on social media by people that – say he's a draft bust, he's a terrible player. Can you believe they picked him late in the first round? Well, let me tell you, the reason why they picked Taven Bryan, um, he's a big guy. They they didn't plan to start him the first year he was drafted because the Jags at that time, I mean, they had Malik Jackson still, you know, on the roster that first year, you know, when he was, when Taven was drafted. You know, they had um, Malik Jackson, Calais Campbell, um, of course, um, oh, the other guy that I'm 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 forgetting about right now, uh, the guy who had surgery in the offseason, the big uh, run stuffer who, uh, who who I wish we really had back. Uh, to tell you the truth, he's still a free agent out there, so I don't know how his his health. I'm talking about Darius Marcel Darius. So when Tavon was drafted, the Jags had Marcel Darius. You know, they they had a lot of depth. They had Malik Jackson. And Calais Campbell. Now, fast forward two years later, and Taven was in the rotation, but he only played like 30% of the snaps, you know, going back to his rookie year. Then last year, he played a little bit more. He played uh, uh, over 40% of the snaps, approximately. And people just said, oh, he's not impressive. He's not making big plays. Now, He's a he's a player that, in my opinion, could have probably would have benefited from staying at Florida for one more year. Uh, he didn't really, you know, play hardly any his first year anyway. He was more of a rotational guy to back up the the big three I just told you about. You know, Darius, uh, Malik Jackson, and Calais Campbell, and he wasn't even he might not have even been the main backup. But he was one of the backups in the rotation. Taven is going to start this year. You know, unless the Jags make a you know whirlwind trade for a couple of defensive tackles right now, Taven Bryan's going to start. Avery Jones uh, may start as well. The defensive tackle that's been in the NFL, I think he's been in the NFL about seven years now. Um, he's going to start. Josh Allen's going to start, and Josh needs to. Josh Allen needs to play more snaps because he's a heck of a football player. He's a tackling machine. He can get after the quarterback. Um. In the long run, he's a better defensive end than Yannick Ngakwe, in my in my personal belief and opinion. Chase on, um, Caleb on Chase on. He may not be a true defensive end either. He's he's more of an edge player, kind of like Yannick. But Caleb uh, on Chase on will find his way. He's an extremely athletic player that was drafted out of LSU. He's a rookie, but that's what you got now. If Yannick comes back, he'll play that defensive end position. Uh, that one position, that one defensive end position, you'll probably see Chase on and Unique, kind of back and forth with Unique, of course, playing more. They got to get their money out of Unique if he plays, because he's going to make over what seventeen million dollars on the franchise tag. That's over one million dollars a game, and he doesn't even want to play for Jacksonville. He wanted to be traded, right?
Okay, so that's the way the defensive front looks. Todd Wash, you'll have to figure it out, build it up. But I'm going to say this about Taven Bryan. Taven Bryan, the light switch came on the last couple of games, and he looked a lot better the last two games. The Jaguars, when they drafted him, they were not drafting him to play him his first year. Um, Taven Bryan, I'll tell you why he was drafted. I think Coach Coughlin drafted Taven Bryan and probably was more of a believer than Bryan than uh, Dave Codwell because of the stopwatch. Tom Coughlin loved the stopwatch. You saw him at all the combines over the years, even the year he wasn't coaching after he got fired by the Jaguars the first time. He loves the stopwatch. Taven Bryan, 6'5", 293-pound defensive lineman, defensive tackle, ran a 4940. That just gave Coughlin the appetite to draft him. And, you know, there were things that were going on saying, hey, the if the Jaguars didn't draft him, the Falcons were going to pick him like a couple of picks later, I think. So I haven't. I'll tell you this, I am I am not uh, I'm not writing off Taven Bryan. Let's see what he does in year 3. This is his big year. So I think Taven will have a better than expected year in year 3. How much better that remains to be seen. I'm not saying he's going to be a pro bowler, but I'm saying he's going to be a much improved player or at least an improved player in his third year. So that's some of the defensive stuff and Man, that defense, they got problems, but they got some young talent too, like Josh Allen, uh, Caleb on Chason, you know, C.J. Henderson on the back end, who was a first-round draft pick, the ninth pick overall out of Florida. So we'll see what Todd Wash can do with that defense. So you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. We appreciate you uh, tuning in. Uh, we are going to go to um, the Jaguars – uh, the 80-man roster, which keeps changing now because, uh, you know, players are opting out. They're having to retire due to medical issues, so the roster is continuously changing. I did want to mention a guy we had already talked about on the 80-man roster, Jake Luton, the quarterback uh, that was drafted out of Oregon State. Jake Luton has actually been turning heads in training camp. It is said he may have a much stronger arm than, than the scouts thought. Um, he's a sixth round pick that I always thought, Hey, he's going to be a practice squad guy. He may actually end up on the 53 because I, I think most NFL teams due to the COVID-19 situation, they're going to carry three quarterbacks, you know, and one of those three quarterbacks is probably going to be in a room all by himself, uh, just to make sure they got a quarterback for game day. Right. Because COVID-19 is unprecedented. We don't know what the future holds, but we will see. Gardner Minshew's obviously your starter. Um, it's either going to be as your number two guy, Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon got a, you know a decent contract with the Jaguars, veteran contract. Uh, Josh Dobbs could be the number two guy, but probably uh, you're looking at uh, either Josh Dobbs or Mike Glennon as your number two and three guy. Number four guy is Jake Luton, but Luton may actually, you know, have a more a promising future, you know, as people are seeing him play for the first time at the NFL level. I mean, he put up good numbers at Oregon State. He really did. Jake Luton put up some good numbers at Oregon State. He is a uh, tall guy. He's six foot six, 224 pounds. So he's got the size. 
and he might even be a little bit, uh, might have a little bit more arm strength than, than some of the scouts originally thought. So another good pick by um, general manager Dave Codwell in the sixth round. Gardner Minshew's your starter, of course. Uh, we left off with uh, Gardner Minshew uh, the last time on the 80-man roster. So we'll pick up a Gardner. Gardner continues to impress people, and he looks uh, very, very good in training camp. I mean, he's he's accurate. He worked on his strength. You know, he's 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 a quick guy. I don't know how fast Gardner is, but he's a quick guy. He can move around in the pocket and escape and uh, evade defenders sometimes and then throw another pass. But he's worked on his strength in the offseason. You know, I saw him in the film, in the videos, if you will, carrying the running around the field with a heavy ball. And then he was highly accurate on his throws. Highly accurate, looks really, really good, and worked, it seemed to me, worked really, really hard in whatever offseason there was with COVID-19. And then Gardner got put on COVID-19 uh, reserve list for about two days and he was off. And so it kind of turned out that Gardner never really tested positive for COVID, but he was probably around someone or near someone that had. So that's kind of where that goes. So Gardner Minshew, I'm all excited about him playing. Um, we did have that bad injury with uh Josh Oliver getting hurt for about the third time in the last year. So Oliver's not going to be a factor for several weeks, maybe a few months. And going back to the long snapper, it was pointed out to me by uh, JC, our um, freelance writer, that uh, he heard me on the last podcast say I was talking about a left safety. I was talking about a left safety, but in actual fact, I believe this guy is actually a long snapper. But heck, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look him up right now. His name is uh, Ross. Let me see. This is Ross Matisic, and he's a long snapper. I don't think he's a left safety, but he's a long snapper out of Baylor. So let's let's take a. Let me just want to double check that because we're in in the M's in the 80 man roster. Yep, Ross Matasic, football player out of Baylor University. Ross Matasic is a long snapper, dependable long snapper for punts and place kicks. Has also seen time as a backup middle linebacker. How about that? So, again, Ross uh, Matasic with the Jacksonville Jaguars, long snapper. He's on the roster, and I do apologize to him for calling him a left safety in our last episode, but hey, we learned something every week. JC, thank you so much for spotting that. And uh, I try to stay more alert next time, but that's why I got my people. I, you know, I got my my people, my contacts. Uh, you know, JC, freelance writer for the Big J Report. He's uh, out of Alabama, South Alabama. Of course, we cover all these areas with the Big J Report, North Florida, and then we have our neighbors' areas, uh, you know, South Georgia, South Alabama. And the whole country, nationwide Jaguars fans, and the world, and internationally. So we know now Ross Matasic, he is a long snapper. So we gave him some publicity there. Uh, we did we did finish with uh, Gardner Minshew last podcast. We talked about him a little bit more this podcast. Also, uh, Perry Nickerson, as we get into the ends now, Perry Nickerson is uh, wearing number 35. He's a CB. No, not a CB radio. He's a cornerback. We'll, we'll get this straight. 
wearing number 35, a cornerback, 5'10", 182 pounds, 25 years of age, third years of pro out of Tulane, Perry Nickerson. Will Perry be a starter? More than likely not. We'll see if he's a special teamer. we see if he makes the team. And then we get up to Mr. Andrew Norwell. Mr. Andrew Norwell, number 68. I think Andrew redid his deal a little bit in the offseason because he was way overpaid, you know, according to, you know, the national media, according to the fan base, according to almost everybody. But, you know, I've got a theory that some of these guys, like uh, Brandon Linder and Andrew Norwell, if they stay healthy, if they really, if their offensive line can stay healthy, I think there's a lot of benefit to an offensive line that, and I've, I've noticed this in college football, especially with a young offensive line. Sometimes it takes them a half a year to kind of gel together. The offensive line, in my opinion, will gel from familiarity. Uh, I did hear the offensive line coach for the Jaguars, George uh, uh, Warhop. I enjoyed some of the things he talked about. He's he's real excited about his offensive line. But the Jags' offensive line will gel from familiarity. The offensive line money, you know, like Norwell and Linder getting the offensive line money, finally may pay off this year, you know, if the guy, if the guys can stay healthy across the offensive line. As of now, the offensive line, starting left tackle Cam Robinson, uh, Will Richardson, who played guard some uh, back and forth with A.J. Ken. A.J. Ken played some right guard, and then Will Richardson was tried at right guard last year. Will Richardson played a little bit of left tackle last year and looked fairly good during brief stints. So I think left tackle, Will Richardson is the backup for Cam Robinson now. So Cam Robinson starts at left tackle at uh, – Left guard, you've got Andrew Norwell. I think Norwell will have his best year with the Jaguars in 2020. Center, Brandon Linder, more of that offensive line money. He's probably one of the most highly thought about centers in the league. He may be a top 10 center in the NFL. A.J. Can, the Jags signed him to a second year, a second contract, but not superior money, but good money. Right guard, Andrew Can will probably be your starter. Your uh, draft pick out of Minnesota, St. John's, a small college up there. Uh, Barch, um, he'll be the backup for A.J. Can, and he may push Can a little bit. We'll see. Jawan Taylor penciled in to be your starting right tackle. Going into year two, all the reports that I've been getting, you know, Jawan Taylor, according to uh, the offensive line coach, George Warhop, in the most recent press conference I saw, I mean, he says – that Juwan Taylor, second-year right tackle out of Florida, he's also a heck of a fisherman, too. Boy, I think he he caught a 400-pound old um, grouper or something, a big big 400-pound fish in the offseason. But Juwan Taylor, right tackle year two, is said by his uh, offensive line coach, Joe – I'm sorry, George Warhop. That's George Warhop, the offensive line coach for the Jaguars. He says that Jawan Taylor, in his experience with Jawan Taylor now, is that Taylor's an upbeat guy and an unbelievable teammate. And for a couple of those reasons, he really sees 
much success for right tackle Jawan Taylor, second year now out of Florida. So, you know, uh, as we look at the whole situation, the offensive line will gel from familiarity. We don't know how much better they'll be, but I think they will improve some. It could The improvement could be more than some, would be the hope for the Jaguars, because general manager Dave Codwell, head coach Doug Marone, they've been on record saying that they have confidence in this offensive line. So we'll see what happens. You're listening to the uh, Teal Shirt Report. So that's a brief look at... Uh, Part 7B of the 80-man rosters. We kind of moved into the ends in Andrew Norwell. On our next episode, we will hopefully get very close to being through the 80-man roster that seems to be ever-changing, though. EIF, Elite Indoor Football. Got some excitement with the Southern Steam and the Elite Indoor Football League. Um, I've watched every game that they've won this year. The Elite Indoor Football League, the Southern Steam, they've won five in a row. They're five and one on the season. They've had um, nice victories over Space Coast, Tampa, uh, the Carolina Cowboys, the West Coast Soldiers. They also beat the Broward County County Raptors a few days back. And their next game will be August the 29th. They'll play another Cowboys team. The Southern Steam five and one will play the Palm Beach Cowboys. On Saturday evening, August the 29th, game will start at 6 o'clock. I believe the doors open for the indoor football game at about 5 o'clock p.m. So we'll see what happens. Uh, this is at the Ice and Sports Complex on Phillips and Emerson. EIF football. This summer, EIF, the Elite Indoor Football League, has been the only indoor and arena football league that has operated in the nation. I've enjoyed watching the Southern Steam. They've won five games in a row. They're 5-1 and one on this 2020 season. And they've had some uh, some decent crowds out there. It's not going to be as big as the Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena where they have thousands of people. Otherwise, they, they couldn't even have football because uh, this is a, you know, a smaller venue, the Ice and Sports Complex uh, near Phillips and Emerson. So you're not talking about thousands of people. You're talking about hundreds of people. I think the most I've seen out there may be 100 200 or more people, and they also have other things going on in the ice and sports complex like volleyball, basketball. Now, they don't play hockey out there while there's an indoor football game going on, but their facility will allow them to have, you know, amateur hockey. There was a pro hockey team. I believe the Bear Jacksonville Bullets or the Barracudas played out there at the Ice and Sports Complex a number of years ago. So EIF football still going on. I, I, I've really enjoyed working with um, Southern Steam coach Bobby Damerall and his guys, his roster of players. I mean, they're just a joy to be around. They play for the love of the game. So if you get a chance, go out and check them out. It's only like 10 bucks a ticket. But tickets are on a limited basis due to social distancing. But the Southern Steam 5-1 and one will play the Palm Beach Cowboys on Saturday evening, August the 29th at 6 o'clock p.m. at the Ice and Sports Complex uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida, near Phillips and Emerson. So uh, it's going to be the Southern Steam versus the Palm Beach Cowboys on August the 29th, and we'll keep you up to date uh, with that game and and uh, I've had an opportunity to meet many of the players, great guys, and, and certainly enjoy covering elite indoor football. 
We're going to talk about the National Arena League on our next uh, podcast as well. We're going to kind of wrap things up today. I know that North Florida Entertainment's been a little bit uh, sketchy the last several weeks due to COVID-19. We're not even giving you a COVID-19 update right now. On our next podcast, I believe we'll we'll go into a COVID-19 update to see if we're if if the you know if the cases are climbing or if they're starting to go back down. We will examine that in a couple of days on our next uh, teal shirt report. But this is a lot of information today, especially um, I, I didn't want to spend as much time on uh, Unique Ngakwe as we did, but we did. So he'll either play for the Jags on the franchise tag or he'll sit. Um, if a trade happens, it, it could. You know, a trade with Unique Ngakwe is probably 50-50 or less now. You know, but the stuff that Michael Lombardi said, you know, it was he was talking about a definite trade going down and, you know, a day or two and it never happened. Um, even, I have to admit, even some of my contacts had told me it was probably going down with the Jets or the Eagles or the Raiders or the, even I had one person mention the Cowboys to me and I think a couple other outlets said something about the Cowboys and the Seahawks are now being mentioned as well. You know how the Seahawks uh, like defensive players. So we'll see what happens with Yannick. Uh, he'll either play on the franchise tag, hold out or sit on the franchise tag and not play, or perhaps sign the franchise tag and be traded. Probably one of those three things. That's going to do it this time around for the Teal Shirt Report. We will be getting back into North Florida Entertainment real soon. On our next podcast, we'll run down – you know, we'll be looking at uh, part eight of the Jaguars 80-man roster, and hopefully we'll go through a lot more letters next time around. Uh, we've we've only gotten to the ends. We talked about Andrew Norwell as we are in the ends on the 80-man roster right now. But thank you for joining us on this uh, Sunday, August 23rd, as we record this, uh, this podcast called the Teal Shirt Report. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, 15 states across the nation. We got some some new listeners up in Ohio, a lot of listeners in Florida, Georgia, Alabama, and across about 15 states across the nation. And again, to our folks that listen up in Newport, Wales, the Milton Garden Club, hello to you. Uh, Mad Max and JC in uh, South Alabama, uh, near the Alabama-Georgia border, thank you for listening to. And I want to thank everybody, a lot of listeners in Florida throughout the entire state of Florida, as well as North Florida, uh, Georgia, Atlanta, Alabama. Thank, thank you to each and every one of you for making it a, 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 sh- a sure or sheer delight to uh, come on here and host the Teal Shirt Report, brought to you by Anchor.fm, Saucer Realty, and you can follow us, of course, at BigJReport.com. Thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report. We'll be back again real soon. SEC football, the new schedule is out. We'll talk about that on the very next podcast as well. Got to break down the SEC schedule. The new SEC schedule has been announced, but keep in mind, keep in mind, um, SEC football will not start until the last Saturday in September with the non-conference games being booted out no non-conference games, a 10-game all-conference schedule by all the uh, all 14 of the SEC teams. 
We'll go over it next uh, on our next podcast. You've been listening to episode or show, if you will, episode show number 53 of the Teal Shirt Report. Thank you for listening in. My name is Scott. I'm out. Oh, Andy Powers. Have a great day in uh, up there at the UK, in, in the UK at Newport in Wales. And uh, Andy Powers, thank you for listening. JC, special hello to you and Mad Max uh, in Alabama as well. So thank you for listening. This has been the Teal Shirt Report. My name is Scott. I'm out. Till next time.